Welcome from Victim to Victory to our podcast. I am Miss Mary, your host and holistic wellness coordinator. Our mission is to share good news. You are not a victim. You are victorious. You can live a full, good life victoriously. We help people navigate from victim to victory by empowerment, encouraging you to live your best life. Simply put, encouragement and empowerment are our business. And this is what we do. Greetings and welcome to Conversations with Miss Mary, podcast episode 75, presented by From Victim to Victory. I am Miss Mary, your host, and our mission is to share good news. You're not a victim, you are victorious. And you can live an abundant life victoriously. Our goal is to help people navigate from victim to victory by empowerment through education, which we do on this weekly podcast, encouraging everyone to live their best life by possessing the holistic approach, making a lifestyle of positively feeding spirit, mind, and body. Simply put, encouragement and empowerment are our business, and this is what we do. Take a few moments and take it to the throne of grace. Precious Father, thank you once again for blessing us to see this glorious day, Father. We give you all the glory. Father, we thank you for all our listeners. We thank you for our guests. And let's continue to thank you, Lord, for blessing us and keeping us and supplying every need. And Father, we thank you that we continue to come and learn more and more about what you will have us to do and how to live this abundant, victorious life. We thank you, Lord, that every ear that will be listening, Father, we pray and and ask, Father God, to help us not just be listeners, Father God, but most of all, help us to be doers, Lord. We thank you that those that are listening, that they just won't leave the way they came. But once again, Father God, that they'll be hearing more and more and pour more and more be poured into them that they can use in their daily lives to become more and more of like what you want us to be and you have created us to be, Father. We praise you, we honor you, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All righty. Um, I want to start by thanking uh, you listeners. I thank you so very much for taking the time to tune in and listen to our podcast. And if you are new, if you're a first time listener, we certainly appreciate you um, taking the time to listen as well. And um, uh, before we get started, I want to um, suggest that you grab a pen, paper, or your computer, tablet, or whatever it is that you can take some notes on. Because once again, um, I like to emphasize this is an educational podcast. And as I said during the prayer, we don't want you to leave the way you came. But we want you to leave with more something that has been said that you can carry with you and um I know for me, I'm a note taker. Now, (laughs) if you're one of those people who don't have to, how it works for you. But we want you to leave um, with something. All righty. 
Okay. So listeners, this is July, I'm telling you, and I am so excited. And I know, yes, those of you that have been following me, um, you know that Miss Mary is always excited. I always say that every week or either something uh, that just shows that energy and my excitement. Um, And I am truly and more excited, I guess I would say, and overflowing with joy um, because July, I'm telling you, July just seems to be um, a harvest month for me. It's a winning month for me. I'll tell you why. Now, um, and you know I am, both of my sons were born in July. They're three years apart. You heard me talk about Sean and Ryan. So they're three years apart. And uh, from victory to victory was birthed in the month of July. So, yes, this is our anniversary month. Um, We are celebrating four years. I cannot believe that. Officially, July 11th will be our fourth year mark. I tell you, I just look at God. I cannot, I cannot believe it. This time is going by so fast. Uh, But four years ago, we kicked off uh, with our weekly uh, teleconference and on uh, July the 11th of 2017, that was our um, year. And um, once again, I just, I'm just in, in awe. Um, I cannot believe it. It's four years already, but Miss Mary has been serving as your holistic wellness coordinator, facilitator, and host. And I know I say that to you every week, but for four years, I am just honored to serve. <laughs> it has been a privilege and it has been a pleasure. And uh, I tell you, I truly am a servant for God. Because from victim to victory, I say that is all God. And I truly mean that. I know that I am not doing, I'm just the legs, the feet, the mouthpiece, um, and just let the, the, the Holy Spirit lead. I'm telling you, that's the truth. When I say that from week to week, because I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know what I'm doing. I just have a conversation with him, um, and just ask, okay, God, what you want to do? Who who going to be our guest this week? What we going to do? You know, and just wait. I just wait for that download to come. And, um, you know, the other part of that is also is, is making sure that I listen and uh, being obedient. Now, that's a hard part sometimes. But once again, that is so key. And, and just once again, listening. And, and, you, and I know, you know, um, when he's speaking and um, what he's telling me to do. And um, I'm sharing all this because somebody needs to hear this. I'm talking to somebody who God has given an assignment, but you're trying to figure out some things. You're trying to add up some things. I know because I've been there and done that. So I truly know. Uh, and, you know, some things just is not going to make sense. 
it just doesn't make sense. Um, but I'm here to tell you that just do it. Just do it. Don't give the devil time to talk you out of it because he will. And that's what you've been doing. But don't <laughs> you just go ahead and do it. And you will be blessed beyond measure. I'm telling you. So that's a word for somebody um, just to, to start. It needs to hear that. Um, anyway, I will be talking about from victim to victory, our journey um, this whole month. I'll be sharing some things um, that we, for the past four years, because, you know, truly God is, is, it has been an incredible four years. God is truly has expanded and continues to expand our territory. And I know, I don't know what it is, but I just know, because I don't know the details. You know, he doesn't do that. He, yeah, he might give it to somebody else, but not to me. He doesn't give me no details. But like I said, just listening and going with the flow. But I know that the best is yet to come. So today I am excited. I'm moving on. I'll tell you what my other excitement is all about. It's about the guest that I have joining me today. Um, now, she's not first time. It's not her first time joining me. I believe it's her second. Now, I, I may be confused. <laughs> I may be confused. She's going to correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to ask her. Um, it, so, because I'm confused because I had scheduled her to join me last month um, before. And it's just what I just finished talking about, I planned. But God had a different one. Uh, June came in here so fast, guys. I just lost track. And so it turned into men's celebration month <laughs> because I totally just, it just got here so fast and I was off track. So, um, but uh, she is joining me today, Erin Williams. And I'm so glad that she's a, she was available and to join me after I moved her back a couple of times last month. But that's how I know that, and that's how you know that it, you're on the right track with God is because every Thing just fell into place. It just worked out. And um, once again, Erin, she was just so sweet and cooperative. So that's how you will know that, okay, you know, if God tells you to go ahead and do something, because I'm telling you, if he gives you an assignment, he has already made the provisions and made all the arrangements. All you have to do is listen, like I said, and just follow his directions. So um, let me just share a little bit with you about Erin before um, I turn the mic over to her and we get started with our conversation today because we have a great conversation. Um, so Erin Williams is a licensed clinical social worker in the state of Georgia. She has a passion for mental health and has worked in the behavioral health industry for almost 10 years after graduating in 2012 with her Master of Social Work degree. Erin provide, provided community-based therapy for children and adolescents. She soon moved to crisis intervention and has worked full-time as a mobile crisis clinician for eight years. In April of 2020, she finally took the leap and launched her Private Practice, Words of Love Counseling, LLC. I love that name. God has allowed her and her practice to grow professionally and personally. 
Aaron strives to empower others by encouraging healthy relationships with self and others. In her spare time, Erin loves to sing, laugh, and spend time with her loved ones. So I want to welcome back Erin, and thank you so much for accepting my invitation. You're <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So Erin, um, today our topic, which I love and is much needed, is a topic that um, is in the news too often and mm-hmm. even um those many you know that we know we hear at times it was last month um i heard of someone who and i was so um just hurt and you know you'd be disappointed um but today listeners we're talking about um suicide and so we're gonna um talk about um prevention which is great because we all need to know that and how we can um, be able to to help. Because that's what you wonder after this happens and you're here. You just be thinking, man, could somebody have said something or done something, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to turn the mic over to you and, and close my mouth for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, thank you for having me. Uh, so, like you said, Miss Man, we're going to talk about suicide prevention. Uh, and I picked this topic, number one, because I deal with it every day. Um, as a crisis, I call myself a crisis interventionist. We see people from all walks of life, whether uh, they are low income, whether they're extremely wealthy, uh, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, we see everyone. Um, and regardless of their circumstances, everyone in every population has experienced some kind of suicidal thought mm-hmm. or know someone who has had those suicidal thoughts. Um, and oftentimes, it doesn't matter what your life circumstances are, sometimes, uh, you know, those thoughts just come and we need to know how to address and support those who have those thoughts. Um, So, in Georgia, there is a zero suicide uh, plan. I forget the exact name. But there is the plan where they want to input um, different policies and training. The goal is to have a zero suicide. And that's because in Georgia, suicide rates are continuing to climb. Uh, I want, I'm going to speak of this time about um, young to middle-aged population with largest rate of suicide. Um, so between the ages of 10 and 34, second leading cause of death. Um, and it is the fourth leading cause of death among the ages of 35 to 54. Uh, In particular, what is most concerning um, is that the rates are rising among black teens. And so I know there is this um, idea that we as black people, we don't kill ourselves. We deal with the problem. We we push through it. We white knuckle through it. Um, But that is not entirely accurate, especially among black teens. Uh, ages 12 and, but I should say black teens and black children. 
because ages 12 and younger are more likely to die by suicide than their white counterparts. Uh, so this mm -hmm. is something that while we as the black community don't want to admit it oftentimes, this is something that is also plaguing our community as well. Uh, so what are some of the things that impact, especially the black community, um, the risk of suicide? So of course we have racism and racial issues. Uh, then we have unemployment, financial or food insecurity, health disparities and limited access to care, LGBTQ discrimination, exposure to trauma, bullying, um, and being bullied, and then less access to mental health care. Um, just to give another statistic, in 2018, suicide was the second leading cause of death among the ages of 10 and 14, and it was the third leading cause of death among ages 15 to 19. So suicide is, of course, a big deal, um, and it's something that we definitely need to address, not only in our community, in the black community, but across all populations and demographics. Yes. Um, so within the mental health community, and I would say any industry, as time goes by, the language surrounding a certain issue or topic changes. Um, and so in the mental health community, we are moving toward what we call a more person-centered uh, language because we want to get rid of the stigma that accompanies mental health symptoms. Mm -hmm. So particularly uh, language about suicide. So oftentimes you will hear people say so-and-so committed suicide or they're thinking about committing suicide. Uh, instead of using committed suicide, now we're moving toward died by suicide. Uh, for a few reasons. Like I said, we want to take the stigma out of uh, someone dying by suicide. Uh, often, of course, that legacy and how people see that person, but it affects the kind of support that the survivors of that individual's death receive. Um, and so it helps to uh, also turn suicide from a I don't want to say a crime, but something that is taboo to speak about, uh, something that we can recognize as a health issue, a mental health issue. Um, so instead of committed suicide, we say died by suicide. Uh, instead of completed suicide, uh, you can say so-and-so ended his, her, or their life, or they took his, her, or their own life. Um, if somebody attempted suicide but did not um, die by suicide, we would say instead of failed attempted suicide, we would say a non-fatal attempted suicide. Or instead of an unsuccessful suicide, we would say attempt to end his, her, or their life. So, uh, um, excuse me, Erin, so this would be for the families? Is, is, is This would be... Well, to help, well, be it both. So it would mm -hmm. be for the families, of course, if mm -hmm. you have a loved one that has died by suicide. Mm -hmm. um, we're trying to shift the discomfort around 
lost a loved one to suicide. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, for those that have thought about suicide, changing the language helps them to be a little more open about those thoughts, right? If you feel like there's something wrong or something is going to, or somebody is going to judge you, if you let them know what you're really feeling inside, you're less likely to speak up about it. And of okay. course, if we know that if you're less likely to speak up about it, how is somebody going to know? And if we don't know, how are we going to help? Exactly. So shifting the language um, helps the individual become more comfortable with being honest with somebody that they trust about gotcha. how they're feeling. Gotcha. Um, and then okay. it also allows us to support uh, the family of those that have died by suicide. Okay, good. And that's good, you said, because I never thought of that, you know, and it's so, that's why it's so good to have um, groups to talk because it's always a perspective that someone else had don't have so Mm because I never thought of it that way uh those people I was thinking about those who had committed suicide but Mm -hmm. then those like you said who've had the thoughts of suicide but they didn't go Mm -hmm. through with it so when they get that it's more likely that they would talk to someone Mm -hmm. rather than okay so that's really good right um we want to we want to make mental health something that can be discussed without shame Mm -hmm. um, and without guilt and without feeling like there's something uh, inherently wrong with me Mm -hmm. when mental health has so many different aspects and that also um, can be applied to talking about suicide there's so many different um, components to what gets somebody to the point where they think that suicide is an option and sometimes the only option. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we want to get them to be more open about that so that they can receive the help that they need. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That is so important. I remember, and then that was month before last, I think I took even mental, yeah, because May was mental wellness, uh, mental health awareness month. And Mm -hmm. um, I actually attended, um, It was a Zoom, actually, a Zoom webinar, and, you know, because there's so many stigmas. And once again, it Mm -hmm. was mental health as a whole, but we were talking about the terminology, how you change the terminology. Mm -hmm. You don't use words like, oh, man, I've just been acting so crazy, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to watch our words. And then the other thing, when you were talking about, um, we're talking about suicide, I remember, um, and I don't remember his name. His first name is Kevin, though. When he traveled, he's a big advocate now, and you probably know who I'm talking about because he, mm-hmm. he. I went to one of the. Um, he was here in Conyers. It's been a probably about four or five years ago, but I remember him. And one of the things he said, he he is the, he actually attempted. He mm-hmm. um, fell off of the, he jumped off of the, was the Golden Gate Bridge? Was it Golden I Gate? I think I know what you're and, talking about. Uh-huh. But he, that day I remember, and that just stuck with me. He said that he went and, you know, he was, he just needed somebody to talk to him. To He wanted somebody to talk him out of it. You know, he said he mm-hmm. remembered this lady he spoke to and he talked and she smiled. And, you know, she just went on about her business. But he just needed somebody to talk to he was hoping someone would say something but his attempt but God had another plan because he is Mm -hmm. he just that's what he does he's a big and a great advocate 
for um, oh, yeah. prevention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe if, it, if we're talking about the same event, I might have been there, actually. Okay, um, it was at the career center in um yeah con- yes yes it was great. Simone mm-hmm. is so powerful, and yeah. I'm glad that he was able to be somebody that had those thoughts that actually went through with an attempt and survived yes. to be able to tell his story and to yes. be able to tell uh, what others can do to provide support to mm-hmm. individuals that are in the same yeah. circumstance. Um, And so we're going to talk a little bit about how, of course, to provide support um, in a few minutes. But before we get there, a lot of times, one of the biggest questions is, why do people die by suicide? What makes them feel like that is the only option left? Um, And so those that experience um, the following that I'm going to list and talk through are at a great risk of dying by suicide. Um, So oftentimes people feel like those who want to die by suicide, um, they just want to die. But oftentimes that's not the case. Oftentimes the issue is they don't know how to get rid of whatever emotional or physical pain that Mm -hmm. they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so if that emotional pain or that physical pain wasn't there, that option to die by suicide would not be at the forefront. Um, So really, it's not that they want to die. It's that that they want to get rid of that pain. Mm -hmm. Um, So those that experience um, not wanting to feel that emotional pain anymore, um, those that feel like they're a burden and their loved ones are better off. And so oftentimes we'll see people, um, parents or children, um, uh, or anybody that may say, uh, look, I'm a horrible parent, um, and I just feel like my children deserve better, or I feel like my mom or dad don't love me. I feel like I'm always getting on their nerves or I'm burdening them with my emotional problems at a lot. Um, and the same in regards to friends, I just, I don't want to call, I don't want to keep calling, uh, my loved ones and my friends and so they feel like their loved ones um, wouldn't have to worry as much about him they feel like they wouldn't have to deal with the problem as much if they weren't there of course we know having a mental illness like depression bipolar disorder borderline personality disorder and schizophrenia Um, along with a multitude of other mental illnesses, can increase the risk of someone dying by suicide. Exposure to a traumatic event, uh, whether that is death or a natural disaster or sexual trauma, um, any of those traumatic events can increase the risk that someone would die by suicide. Those who struggle with substance abuse, um, we look at, well, when I think about that, I think about it in two folds. Number one, when someone is struggling with substance abuse and they're intoxicated with whatever the substance is, that lowers their, um, impulsiveness and their risk taking. And so for someone who may have 
thought about suicide, but is able to reason a little bit more and to control that impulse to actually follow through with that thought. Um, someone who is intoxicated, that impulse to follow through with that thought may be uh, a lot lower. On the other side of that is when someone is struggling with substance abuse, there's usually a lot more underneath that substance abuse, right? Wow. Uh, when we think about substance abuse, they someone is trying to mask a certain feeling, mask a certain symptom that they don't have or feel like they don't have the um, coping skills to deal with without that substance. Uh, so then that goes into mental illness and traumatic trauma um, and emotional pain that already puts you at a risk of suicide. That in with substance abuse that can really increase that risk. Um, again, I mentioned chronic pain and then loneliness, feeling mm -hmm. like you don't have a support system. Uh, when I do assessments uh, in crisis intervention, one of the biggest um, signs, or one of the big, I should say, one of the biggest impacts to someone's recovery is their support system. Mm -hmm. Do they have a healthy support system that can surround them um, and provide them with a safe space, provide them uh, with somebody to watch over them, either until they can get to an appointment or a hospital, uh, provide them with someone that they trust, that they can be honest about their feelings with, that will provide a non-judgmental safe space. Uh, so all of those factors go into whether or not someone has a support system. Um, and then, of course, if you have no support system, you're holding all of that emotional pain inside. Um, you don't have someone that can kind of help you safety plan and stay safe until you get to the next source of treatment. And then you just don't feel like uh, you're loved you may feel worthless. All of that uh, is all of that goes into what kind of support system you have. And so those that feel like they have none are at a greater risk of dying by suicide. Mm. So how can you tell if someone is feeling suicidal? Oftentimes, unless you ask them directly, somebody's not just going to come out and say, hey, I feel like I want to die. I feel like I want to kill myself. Um, so what are some signs that somebody may be feeling suicidal? And I emphasize may because all of these signs do not mean that someone definitely feels suicidal. Uh, but it could have an impact on how they feel about themselves and their lives um, and how much they uh, want to continue on with their life. Um, so... I think this is really just looking at the context of someone's situation. Uh, so first we have, have they experienced a major life change? Uh, that could be a death, a move to a different residence, a different state, a country, whatever, uh, a job loss, a divorce. Um, and for kids, have their parents gotten divorced? Um, Anything major that happens in life can, of course, become overwhelming. And that includes even what we would see as positive major changes, getting a new job, getting married, having a baby, 
Mm -hmm. uh, those things, while positive, can present an overwhelming circumstance if the individual doesn't have the support system or the coping skills to deal with that life change. Um, so you can think of that, uh, their language. When they talk to you or when you um, have conversations, well, number one, if they say, I'm going to kill myself, that's a very clear indication, right, that they've been thinking about suicide. Right. Uh, but sometimes, or a lot of times, their language may not be that clear. Uh, they could say things like, I'm tired of doing this. Uh, I don't want to be here anymore. I wish I could just go to sleep forever and not wake up. Um, in our field, we call that nonspecific suicidal thoughts. So it's not going to be as clear as uh, I am going to take my own life mm -hmm. or I'm going to, they may say I'm going to commit suicide or I want to die by suicide. It could be a very vague statement of I'm just tired of doing this. I'm tired of life. Um, this is too much for me to handle. I can't take this anymore. Um, all of that um, is important to pay attention to mm -hmm. as well. Um, taking into account the rest of the context of their situation. Yes, and as you were saying that, Erin, I was saying, so we really, really do have to, because that's an issue in society. A lot of times we're not listening. So we have mm -hmm. to be good listeners. And when we mm -hmm. talk about listening, I think we talk about pay attention to their actions as well, not just what mm -hmm. they're saying, but their behavior. Mm -hmm. Yes, so, I'm glad you said that so. because that gets into, um, or I'm going to get into a little bit of that. But also what you said about listening, a lot of times, you know, we'll ask, oh, hey, how you doing? Mm -hmm. um, uh, and oftentimes we don't expect more than, a, oh, I'm good. How are you doing? But right. when it does become more. Um, how much are you listening to what that person is saying mm -hmm. to you? And are you listening to really receive and understand where they are? Or are you listening to respond mm -hmm. or to tell your own story? Uh, it's important for us to really practice good listening mm -hmm. skills. And even, um, even in the mm -hmm. body language, pay attention mm -hmm. to body language. And I found a lot, I know when I was growing up, um, we, we, and now I think our society sort of shuns that, you know, they sort of <laughs> stay away with by the uh, eyes. We would want to, mm -hmm. you know, look at that. That's what your parents used to look uh -huh. at me. They want to mm -hmm. see your eyes. So, you mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. so we have to pay attention to the total body language as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So let's kind of get into that. So what you may see um, are changes in eating and sleeping. Um, so somebody that used to eat a lot, all of a sudden they don't eat at all or they eat one meal a day um, or they're not getting a lot of sleep. But it can also be the opposite. Somebody that is very, very uh, healthy and eats in moderation um, and has a very healthy lifestyle, all of a sudden overeating mm -hmm. um, or sleeping 15 hours a day. in their regular self-care routine. Uh, they become more isolated or irritable. Um, 
So somebody that used to be very social all of a sudden doesn't want to talk to their friends anymore, doesn't answer phone calls, uh, declines all of the invitations to any social gatherings. Or they seem like everything just really gets on their nerves um, or small occurrences really had they have a um, non-proportionate response to something small, um, things like that. Changes in grades if the individual is in school um, or work performance. Is their productivity less? Are they going off on customers? Um, do they have issues with their coworkers uh, in terms of grades? If they're a straight A student and all of a sudden they're getting D's and F's and they're skipping school, uh, there's something going on in there that needs to be investigated. Mm-hmm. Um, change in appearance. So somebody that once looked really well put together and now they don't care about how their hair looks. They don't care about what their clothes look like. Baths and they used to be really good at hygiene and grooming. All of that is something to take into consideration and to be concerned about. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, an increase in substance abuse or other risky behaviors. Um, This is a little, this next one is a little bit, um, I want to say confusing, uh, maybe, because it could seem like everything is all right. But if the person seems really at peace, despite a series of traumatizing events, losses, downs, um, and when we say at peace, we know, um, especially as Christians, we want to have that faith in God where we are Uh, content and okay when things happen that are out of our control and they're disappointing and we deal with loss or whatever. Um, But I'm trying to figure out how to describe somebody that seems at peace um, against sort of a religious at peace, I should say. Um, Maybe it seems like somebody as, is at peace as if they've made a decision um, and that they're okay with that decision. And they have come to the point where despite everything, I've already come up with a solution and this solution is going to fix everything. Especially if they had a very um, strong reaction to traumatizing events, losses, uh, or recent breakdowns. Um, Again, you want to take this into consideration given the context of everything else, right? Right. Um, So if somebody has always been the person that, you know what, despite everything, I'm good, I'm going to be okay, um, versus somebody that used to have a lot of breakdowns um, and had these responses to these events, now seeming like, okay, well, we're good because I've made a decision and we're going to follow through with that decision and we're going to be um, take that into consideration given all of the other uh, contexts of their environment. Uh, and for those that are listening, I hope that made sense. Uh, Especially, but, let me let me see. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking when you were saying that, I was thinking about verse, someone who is like a perfectionist. 
you know. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Um, as you were saying earlier, something I had never thought of that. Sometimes people get overwhelmed with positive things. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? And uh-huh. they have all this going on. And so they, you know, they just, they know and they feel, they feel uh-huh. that people depending on them so much. It's not uh-huh. just their expectations, but they're right. concerned about what others are expecting. And so right. it just, they right. just become really overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So, um, from that standpoint, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was thinking about you know from that yeah. person. Um, oh, definitely. So, so definitely, you always when we th- when we think about somebody that has the potential mm-hmm. or the risk to be suicidal, we want to think about their normal mm-hmm. level of functioning and operating in the world and how that changes. Mm-hmm. Um. And whether that change is a drastic one and does it affect the other level of functioning Mm -hmm. in all of their environments, Mm -hmm. their parenting, their work environment, their school, uh, their church, all of that. And then, Erin, you know, with uh, seniors, I know you are familiar. You work more with the adolescent and the, the younger people. But for the older people, because I all and I learned this is one of the first things I learned with working with seniors is it's real important um, listeners that if you have uh, your parents or your grandparents that you put your eyes on them. Because mm-hmm. people can tell you anything over the phone, yeah. but you got to go see them. You got to mm-hmm. just what we were talking about, because appearance, you got to pay attention to the whole mm-hmm. person, the body language, what you see from the mm-hmm. outside and what you're hearing from this coming out of their mouth, all mm-hmm. of those things. So you have to go. You can't just be calling them on the phone and we have yeah, mom sounded good. Mama, mama could be telling you anything because, you know, we are very good actors and actresses. And, it's, you know, we wear a lot of masks. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that that's very key true. that you, you lay your eyes on people. It's amazing how well we can act yeah. if we don't want somebody to know something. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I think, is with anybody but especially in the older population yes um you want to be able to lay eyes on them and look mm-hmm. at their living environment yeah because honestly sometimes they may feel like they're doing okay but their living environment says something different yes um depending on if they have uh, a caretaker is that caretaker doing what they're supposed to do mm-hmm. um so you want to be able to look and uh, assess them not just through their voice and their language but also through uh, their appearance as well mm-hmm. it's exactly. that was a good point because mm-hmm. you because um, with with um seniors now you know like you said they think they're doing okay they may not mm-hmm. want to take a bath they may not mm-hmm. want you know their their personal hygiene they think they're doing okay you know mm-hmm. so once again that's that's so true that's a good point um and thinking about appearances and when you see somebody and you're assessing them um look at their weight has it changed Mm -hmm. um especially when it comes to seeing as we get older our appetite tends to uh decrease but is it an amount of weight where in a short period of time i should say um those are things that you do want to pay attention to and assess. Mm-hmm. 
the last thing we need to pay attention to when it comes to someone who may be feeling suicidal is do they suddenly start to make preparations? Uh, so making amends with people all of the sudden. Uh, are they giving their stuff away? Are they getting their finances together? Are they writing letters? expressing their feelings all of a sudden to all of their loved ones. Um, this signifies that they feel like something is coming, right, that they're preparing for. Um, and so you want to take that into account along with all of the other environmental signs that we've been discussing. Okay. So let's say we'll start here. What should I do if I'm feeling suicidal? Uh, so the first thing we want to tell people um, is tell a trusted person. If you are a teenager or a child, you want to tell a trusted adult. Um, if you are an adult, you want to tell um, another trusted adult. Uh, and they can be professional, so as in a doctor, therapist, um, a teacher, principal, social worker, whatever. Uh, or it could be a trusted loved one. So your parent um, or a friend or, uh, or whatever, somebody that has the resources to help. Um, so especially when we're talking about teenagers, oftentimes teenagers don't like to tell adults anything. We know that. Right. Fine, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. But when they keep it to themselves uh, or between themselves to other teenagers or to other kids, those teenagers or kids don't have the resources to uh, get you connected to help, right? And so we really want to involve a trusted adult. It doesn't have to be a parent. Um, it can be a social worker or a school counselor or whatever, but we want somebody that has the resources emotionally and physically to provide that assistance. Um, so whether you're an adult or a child, tell someone you trust. Um, discuss your feelings with a mental health professional. Um, oftentimes what we run into in the mental health field, especially if somebody has gone through the mental health system um, and has expressed suicidal thoughts before, is they're kind of leery about expressing those thoughts to a mental health professional uh, because they don't want to be forced into a treatment facility or into a situation that they didn't intend to go into. Wow. Okay. So Aaron, what if they're not ready to talk to a, a mental health uh, professional? Uh, and so we get that often, uh, right? So if you're not ready to talk to a professional, we still want you to be able to talk to somebody. Um, so that is where your friends and loved ones come in. Um, so instead of talking to a professional, talk to a trusted friend about how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, so that you at least have somebody that can provide emotional support, um, and kind of talk you through your, uh, hesitations about talking to a professional, as well as somebody that if you guys do decide, hey, we can talk to a counselor or a mobile crisis team or whatever, you can have somebody there to support you in that as well. Um, so you can also practice your coping skills, whatever those are. Uh, taking a walk, watching a movie, taking a long shower, 
Um, we often get people who pet or an animal person. Pets can be very therapeutic. Uh, so utilize any coping skills that you've developed that can help distract you when you're feeling suicidal, um, uh, can help you get your mind off of, uh, your feelings or those triggers, um, and just to bring you back to a place of, uh, bring you back to the present, um, and out of that, uh, depression or anxiety or whatever the case is. And so, uh, Aaron, can, with the, I'm sorry, yeah. but you wish you brought up the pet. I, I did, that just popped into my mind. So, do you find that children um, and adolescents who have pets is less likely to have suicidal um, feelings, or has, has that been noticed in any assessments? Um, or I, even the statistics? This, I just wondered about that. I am not, I'll say this, I don't know as far as the statistics are concerned, Mm -hmm. or yes, are concerned. What I do know is that pets um, can therapeutically help to bring down um, feelings of anxiety, Mm -hmm. uh, can help you with feelings of loneliness Mm -hmm. or worthlessness, and all of those are feelings that can increase the risk that you would have suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so pets can be very fit there very therapeutic mm-hmm. um, I don't know the statistics surrounding it I do know that pets have been very therapeutic at, at least in the individuals that I've seen mm-hmm. pets even provide a motivation for people to continue on so oftentimes we'll ask you know what keeps you going um, what gives you purpose or what do you feel like gives you meaning we'll get I love my children I don't think my family should have to deal with that kind of grief and loss and then we'll have I, I don't have anybody to take care of my pet I don't have mm-hmm. anybody to take care of my dog or my cat so I gotta be here so that they have somebody that can care for them Yeah, and so they can provide that purpose and that motivation for mm-hmm. that individual Absolutely. which is a uh, a buffer a buffer to them actually following through with that thought good yeah because i know even in seniors now i've read uh i've read uh in the facts i don't know what the statistics was either but i remember that for seniors it that seniors who have pets they Mm -hmm. don't have as many health issues mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I break mm-hmm. that. so I can see that mm-hmm. where yeah absolutely that would be good therapeutic and a good yeah. mm-hmm. definitely so if you're an animal lover and you can afford it or can get access to mm-hmm. it definitely get a pet that can they can they can't talk um at least not English but they can <laughs> definitely help um so that can go into the new to my next point, which is if you feel like you don't have that many coping skills, learning and developing new coping skills is a great way um, to help combat those feelings. Um, so let me um, switch some things around. Uh, the next thing we want to say is limit or put space between yourself and weapons. Uh, when we do suicide assessments, we always ask, do you have any access to weapons? That can include guns, medication, ropes, knives, uh, uh, 
if you have thought about driving yourself in the traffic, do you have access to your car, um, things like that. And so when we say limit or put space between yourself and your weapons, uh, can you have somebody hold your gun or your medications um, until you're feeling better? If you don't, can you put distance between your gun and the ammunition until you feel better? Can you lock it up so that uh, it takes a little longer for you to get access to that gun when you have those thoughts? So anything that you can think of as a way to put distance between yourself and whatever method you were thinking about or in general, just anything that can be used as a weapon uh, is a great way to decrease the risk that you'll follow through with that thought hmm. I don't it's interesting though about the medication I don't know mm-hmm. how that would work but mm-hmm. yeah, so I know with a lot of seniors just, you know mm-hmm. die, they're doing yeah. medication so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean that really depends on what your medication when we assess is. for mm-hmm. that uh, yes number one what the medication is but also is that even a method that you thought about So when we assess, we Mm -hmm. assess for, did you have a plan? Um, If you did, what methods were you thinking about using? Sometimes Mm -hmm. medication isn't even on their radar Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And so really we're looking at what is the method that you thought about using and how can we put space between you and that method? Um, And sometimes I will be very frank. Sometimes it's going to take you really reaching out to people and requesting them to to help you um hey i know that uh you're not over here often for the next week or so i really need help until i feel better can you help with administering my medications Mm -hmm. um i don't trust myself with them in the house can you come and help me uh give me what i need and then take the rest with you so it's going to definitely take some some you're going to have to put in effort i guess um, to make sure that you put space between yourself and that method. Uh, the biggest thing, whether it is uh, on your radar or not, is firearms. We always want mm-hmm. to put space between you and a firearm, whether that's what you thought about using or not, uh, because that is the most lethal mm-hmm. um, method that people have thought about and have used. Um so when it comes to suicide, that's one thing we don't play about. Can you put some space between yourself and that firearm? Um, so, of course, we live in the age of technology. Uh, so there are apps and hotlines that are available for those that um, would like to try them. In Georgia, uh, we have the Georgia Crisis and Access Line. That has an app now. It's called MyGCal or My. G-C-A-L, and through that app, you can talk to a counselor. That's great. I think that's Uh one of the greatest things, you know. Mm -hmm. The hotlines are great, but for people, because everybody has their phone, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) these days, everybody is really, especially the young, you know, the yeah, younger, exactly. the, everything's on the phone. So I think that's just exactly. that's great. And you have that, um, you know, they're more apt to use that mm-hmm. than any exactly. because that's that's a private, uh, you don't even know the person, the person don't mm-hmm. know you. So that's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's a great tool. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. 
Um, and so you can use that app to talk, text, or call. Um, and then, of course, if it's an emergency, it will connect you to emergency services. Uh, the, there are also apps like uh, Calm Harm. So sometimes people may not be feeling suicidal, but they are urging, they have the urge to self-harm. So that can help you to get distracted or to do uh, mindfulness activities that can help to uh, get you away from that urge or calm that urge. Of course, there's the National Suicide Hotline, um, and there's an app called Suicide Safety Plan that allows you to make a safety plan that lists your warning signs, pretty much what got you to the point that you feel the way you feel, um, some coping skills that you find helpful, and some supports that you feel comfortable calling on in those times of needs. Um, okay, so what if I, what do I do or say uh, if you have a friend who is suicidal? Okay, so the biggest thing is to be open and non-judgmental. At the beginning, we talked about changing the language surrounding suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to let the person that is feeling this way know that you are there to support and you don't think that they are uh, quote-unquote crazy or that there's something wrong with them. Um, and you want to give them an open and safe space to uh discuss their feelings without judgment absolutely Uh, so don't say words like stop talking crazy (laughs) yes exactly exactly stop talking crazy um why would you do that uh anything like that um and i will be honest and say a lot of times when somebody brings up suicide for most people, it's an uncomfortable subject. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why so we need this education. It's hard, <laughs> mm-hmm, it's hard to know what to say. Sometimes right. just being open to listening mm-hmm. is more than enough. Yes. Um, at the same time, don't promise to keep secrets. Again, especially with teens, they don't want to tell adults because either they or they really don't know what's going to happen. Um, part of the teenage life is not telling adults everything. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to life, that you don't want to keep that a secret. So if a friend tells you that they are thinking of harming themselves, find a trusted adult to tell so that they can take the necessary steps. Uh, do ask direct questions. This goes back into... Uh, being uncomfortable with the subject and not really knowing what to say. At the very least, if they're coming to you and they feel that you are a trusted person for them to talk to, you want to know what you're dealing with, right? Uh, So you want to know, are they feeling suicidal? Do they have a plan or method that they have thought about? Um, And do they feel like they're really going to follow through with those? The other thing is, Um, oftentimes if we ask directly about suicide that's going to make them suicidal um, or it's going to make them feel like that's okay for them to do Um, and that by research I do know has been proven totally false Um, oftentimes people see that there's somebody that is not scared to talk about how they're feeling with them that's not judgmental 
Um, most of the time, they'll be quite honest with you if you know killing yourself, thinking of um, taking your own life, and they will let you know how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Don't ignore the joke. So we know a lot of times we may be frustrated, um, and we'll say something jokingly. Um, regardless of if you think your friend is joking or not, take every threat seriously um, and report that to somebody. And that person can take steps to determine if it was true or not. But every threat, every statement should be taken seriously. Uh, So do determine what their quote unquote buffers are and use these to instill hope. Um, So what keeps them going is pretty much what a buffer is. What gives them a sense of purpose? Um, what makes them want to continue living? Whether it's family, whether it's a niece or nephew, uh, again, their pet or their job um, or their child, anything that you can get out of them that um, there's another training that calls them turning points. Uh, so anything that you hear them talk about that can help instill hope in them. Use those to your advantage. Take advantage when you hear them. Um, And use those to instill hope in that person. Do you know the resources in your area? So the crisis hotlines and the text lines, uh, the numbers for the mobile crisis teams, the hospitals, if it gets to that point, uh, your nearest hospital. Um, all of those are important to know so that if it gets to it, you can connect that person to help. Um, do not wait until it's too late to reach out for help. So that kind of goes with make every statement seriously um, and connecting that person to help and letting a professional or letting um, someone that is not emotionally invested kind of assess whether or not that threat is something that you need to be concerned about. It is always better to be safe than sorry. So regardless of if they it seriously, because you never know when that statement can turn into something um, bigger. Um, In all of this, the biggest thing is to be open to supporting that individual. Excuse me. Be open um, to what they have to say and just provide that safe space for them to say it. Uh, that is all I have today. Oh, and that's a lot. Thank you so much, Erin, mm-hmm. because we need um, this is so important and uh, that's a lot of great information. Um, it, it was a lot. But once again, um, that's what we need to do. And I look forward to you coming back doing more and more. We need to be educated on these things because that is so important, um, you know, because we don't. It's not a comfortable situation to mm-hmm. be in on either side. Um, right. But if there's anything, like I said, you know, you all always want if it's anything anybody could have said or done to help when you mm-hmm. hear of someone who has taken uh, their life. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it is so key for us to know because, as you said, and take everything serious because you just don't want, I wouldn't want that on me. Well, you know, she said I could have, should have, would have. You know, you don't want to mm-hmm. live with that. So, um, but thank you so much for, because you have um, poured a lot into us. So um, just. Uh, every, you are definitely uh, welcome. Mm-hmm. All our listeners, we just, we just, um just want to be like just apply it and <laughs> just mm-hmm. just start um and we look forward to you coming back um giving us more and more um um these things we need to know in um our mental for our mental wellness and to be yes, able ma'am. to to help because you never know we never know um we you know we get put in places and situations mm-hmm. for a reason so we want to mm-hmm. be helpful and um, be change agents so once again I thank yes, you ma'am. so much now before you go um, we want to know how um, the listeners if someone needs to get in contact with you um, give us your contact information because um, that's your you know you that's your you she's a professional so <laughs> if, if you get into that because you never know we never know you know it, it that's why we learn not to be judgmental mm-hmm. as well we never know it could be one of us one day so right you're right that need to give you a call. So let them know where how they can do that. Okay. Uh, so you can call me. Uh, my number is 770-746-5455. Again, 770-746-5455. Uh, some people are not comfortable calling. Well, you can text that number as well. But if you don't want to use the number and you'd rather email me, you can email me at ewilliams at wordsoflovecounseling.com. ewilliams at wordsoflovecounseling.com. Great. And um, Aaron, do you do, um, now do you have an office or are you doing Zoom or how are you seeing your clients? Uh, so I am doing virtual appointments mm-hmm. and I see them through a, a platform called Sarahness. It's HIPAA compliant, so it keeps everything, all your info and everything confidential. Uh, You don't have to download anything. It'll send you a link once you set an appointment, take you to that link. And once you're finished, click out and you're done. Great. And what's the name of it again? What's the name of that? So T-H-E-R-A-N as in Nancy, E-S-T dot com. Fairness. Great. Great. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Okay, and thank you again. I truly appreciate you. You're um, welcome. And for thank all. you. <laughs> um, listeners, you know I always love to leave you with an uh, encouraging word, and it's knowing the topic today. Um, Spirit just dropped this into me. This was a uh, um one of my. Uh, inspirational message that I received some time ago. Actually, it was last. It wasn't been that long ago, June the 30th. So I want to share this with you. Um, and the title of it is Mask. And um, now this this um, scripture is 2 Corinthians 3.18. And I'm reading this in the New um, International Version. And it says... And we all who 
with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with every increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. 2 Corinthians 3 chapter 3 I'm I'm sorry 2 Corinthians yes chapter 3 verse 18. That's that's the scripture. But listen to this. It's entitled um when you're real. Okay, and mass was just a word that jumped out at me, so the word mass, but the title is When You're Real, because this is real key, and it goes back to um, what uh, Aaron was, was saying. We, we just have to really open up. But let me, let me read it um, and be willing to talk to people, because, you know, people don't know, and they don't know you need help and, unless we open our mouth and speak. Um, and let people know. The enemy would love for you to wear a mask, hiding and not dealing with the issues that are holding you back. The Apostle Paul says that if your face is veiled with mask, you won't see God's glory. If you're wearing a mask of perfection, pretending every day it's okay, or wearing a mask of pride, worried about what's what others think or wearing a mask of shame, feeling guilty and condemned, that's going to keep you from God's best. You have to take off the mask. Everybody is struggling with something. Isn't that the truth? Don't be embarrassed by it. Get honest with yourself and be honest with God. You don't have to pretend when you're real, you will see God's favor. God doesn't change us from shame to glory or from condemnation to glory or from pride to glory. He changes us from glory to glory. So when you're not wearing masks, God's glory is on you. When you're open, honest, and real, God changes you and takes you to the next level. So um, for those as we talk about suicide prevention to today help yourself by opening up and talking to someone don't let it get to that point and if it does once again open up and share um use those scope those uh coping skills as she was saying um and just find someone that you can trust and you feel um that you can talk to them a professional if you don't want to talk to professional but someone because uh, we love you, God loves you, and he has created you with a purpose in mind um, for uh, this time as you're here on earth. And so, um, and he is the one who has uh, the plans and the purpose, and he has the time for when you are to leave this earth. So, um, uh, as I say that, I say that, in, in love um, talk to someone alrighty and our listeners I want to thank you so much once again um, for tuning in and um, just remind everybody that you know um, our mission uh, is to help you navigate from victim to um, victoriously to navigate from victim to victory 
And uh, the plan, once again, is is how we get there is, of course, knowing our creator. And it is so important. And the key is having that relationship um, with him. And you may not be there yet, but you can start. Never too late. Always start by just coming to him and having that honest conversation, that talk. Tell him how you feel. And he knows anyway. He just wants you to come to him. And uh, confess to him whatever is going through your heart, your mind, whatever you're feeling. That's the, the good thing. So just first accept him as Lord and Savior. Um, confess that you are a sinner and that you want him to come into your heart and change your life. And he will. He will. And he will send someone to, to help you. Um, so that is so key. So do that today. If you don't know him, start That's the best and the greatest relationship you will ever um, start, have, is go to him and talk to him about whatever you're feeling. And um, he will provide what you need to help you get through. Because once again, we're all going through something and we're always going through something. Um, But we just sometimes need uh, someone to help us through. Uh, a challenging time. Don't isolate yourself. Don't feel like nobody loves you and you're all alone and that the world would be better without you because that's not true. That's not what God says. That's not what he says. So get to know him. Okay. All righty. So um, we've had a great uh, education um, on mental uh from our mental wellness area and our mental wellness team member, Aaron, uh, did an awesome job at once again providing and pouring into us great information. So be sure, as I always say, to share our podcast with others um, and show you know them to the platform where they can listen to our great podcast, guys. I'm not going to hold you long, so I'm going to say I love you, and make sure you go check out our, you know, the website. Um, go to our resource center and check out all our uh, businesses, and we uh, uh, also have, that's so important, also have um, in our resource center, we have the uh, national hotline um, number there for suicide um, prevention. So it is we do have um, that in our resource center as well and a lot of other great resources. So go check it out and um, it's an easy way as well for you to get to the podcast. Alrighty. So guys, I appreciate you once again. I'm not going to hold you very long. Thank you so much. I'm going to um, get ready to close out. I want to thank you once again, as always, um, for helping and just being here, um, listening each week and praying for us and making your donations and all the wonderful things that you all guys, that you all do. Um, we wouldn't have made it four years without you. Um, so we are truly thankful and blessed that you um, join us and um, pray that you continue to do that and support us in all our everything that we've been doing in those four years. And we I'll be once again talking more about that uh, as the month goes by. Alrighty, so um, let me get the website right quick and my number right quick. So um, before I leave, let me do that from victim to 
the number two, victoryllc.com. That's our website. Once again, it's from victim with the number two, victoryllc.com. And then you can reach Miss Mary at 678-910-4856. You can text or call me. And please leave a, a message if you don't get me. Please leave a, a voicemail uh, message. That's 678-910-4856. You can talk or um, you can leave a message or either call. I mean text or either call is what I mean to say. All righty. All righty. Well, guys, it's been my pleasure once again. Thank you and God bless you. Take care of yourselves. I love you and I am sounding off. This is Miss Mary with From Victim to Victory, your host, your facilitator, and your holistic wellness coordinator. God bless you. Peace and blessings. I love you. Until next time. Bye-bye.